I can just, I, I, can, I can imagine any guests we have here tonight going, I came here for, for what? Like, what's going on tonight? And I'm excited about where we're going. We're in the book of what? Joshua. Joshua. What are the first five books of the Bible called? The, the Pentateuch or the Torah. Joshua is the sixth book. It was written by who? And he was born in where? Egypt. Egypt. Born in e- Egypt. He was a Hebrew slave. And who was he an assistant to? Moses. Moses. Okay, so that's the context of the passage where we're at. Um, <clears throat> the structure of the message I'm going to share tonight, I usually don't, don't do this. Uh, but uh, 10 years ago, I heard a message from David Platt. And it was on this very text that we're at right now. And when I heard it 10 ye- years ago, uh, it, it, I'll just say it left such an impression on me that when I came to this text last week to see where we were going for this week, everything ran back to what was taught in that message. It was such a powerful teaching in my life. And so what I've, 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 I've got, most of the stuff I've ever bring is just stuff that Lord has, has taught me and I'm trying just to, to, to teach on my own. Uh, and this is this is this is half me, half David Platt from the message. I just the things that he I learned from there became so foundational to my faith that I couldn't. It just sort of I couldn't not teach it. So I just want that from the get go. This the, a lot of the source of where this is from is from when he preached in two two thousand and eight, when a lot of y'all were like five or something. Um, but the teaching is just so so rich. I want to start off with a story, uh, and uh, it, it's not a funny story, uh, so it, it's a different. It, it's a story that uh, I've got permission to share um, from my kids, and I wouldn't always do this, but it's a story that um, it, was, it was the scariest night of my life, for real. Nice. Not like a joke, not like, oh, this is... And it was about four years years ago. We had come home from the edge. Uh, it was see you at the poll day that year. I talked about from Matt, Matthew chapter twenty eight on go and make disciples. It was a it was a, a, a Wednesday night, just like the rest of them. We'd gone out to eat. We came home. We went to bed. Everybody was going to bed. I'm always the last one. Right before I, I go to go to sleep, I hear some noise in the boys' room, and, um, and Noah was having a seizure. That's not a lot of C's on that. It's just one, <laughs> just a, a seizure. It actually starts with an S. And, um, and it was the scariest moment of my life. I yelled for my wife. He'd never had one before. She comes, comes in blurry-eyed, not knowing why I, I'm yelling. I, I tell her, call 911 because it's going on and it's not stopping. And I'm thinking, what will I do when this stops and he, he doesn't breathe? You know, all these thoughts. What am I going to do? And I remember I, I say to her, we both say something about 911. And I grab my phone and I look at my iPhone and I cannot figure out how to dial 911. <laughs> Honest to God. It was that panicky of a moment. Now, let me share some of the end of the story, and then we'll get back to the story. 
that was the only night he's ever had these episodes. Uh, he, they thought it was adolescent epilepsy. Hasn't been 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 off meds for a year and a couple months now, and, and been been clear. So, so yeah, yay, right, right, yay. So, but we called nine one one. I'm on the phone with nine one one, and when I'm on the phone with them, things calmed down there at the house. But it went on for about five minutes or so, and it felt like an hour and a half. And uh, the paramedics got there really quick. You know, I was surprised how quick they got there, but things were good at that. At that time, my wife is going, where is he going with this story? She's like, what's he doing? Um, they, they got there quick, and uh, they came, and they checked him out, and he looked good. Everything was great. They said, you may want to take him to the yard, and I, like you think, you know? And uh, they said, we can take him. I'm like, I'll, I'll drive him. Uh, and so then as they're about to leave, one of them sees uh, a Star Wars light, lightsaber that's in our house. One of, not like, it's not like the, the $8 kid one. It's like a $150 looks real in the dark one. You know what I'm saying? It's really cool. And he's like, does that thing work? So these paramedics, there's like six of them or seven are in my house playing lightsabers at around 1 a.m. in the morning in the midst of all this. The crazy thing about the story is that uh, my boys share a room. Noah's on the, the bottom bunk bed on a full, full bed. There's a top twin bunk above it. Joseph was in the bed. Joseph never woke, woke up. <laughs> Joseph never had any idea anything had gone on. He was sound asleep when chaos, and it's more chaos than I've ever experienced in my life, was going on. And in the midst of the emergency and the chaos, Jojo, he's fast asleep, baby. <laughs> fast asleep. There's a guy named Cornelius Plantinga, and he's got, he wrote a book that's called Not the Way It's Supposed to Be, and he's got a quote in this book, and this is what the quote says, and I've got it on the screen. You can follow along with it. It says, says this, the awareness of sin, a deep awareness of disobedience and painful confession of sin used to be our ship, 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 shadow. That means it went with us wherever we, we went. It was just innate in who we are. You cannot escape your shadow, this, this truth of who we were, this awareness of sin was a part of who we were. That's what it says. And it says that Christians hated sin. They feared it, they fled from it, and they grieved over it. Some of our forefathers agonized over their sins. A man who lost his temp- temper might wonder if he could still go to Holy Communion, take up the Lord's Supper. Was he still in right, if, even if he got mad at something, was he still in right relationship with God? He continued, that shadow has dimmed. Nowadays, the accusation that you have sinned is often said with a grin and a tone that signals an inside joke. At one time, this accusation still had the power to jolt people. I thought that was a powerful quote and an accurate quote of the society that we live in. Does sin have the power to jolt us still or... Are we asleep on the top bunk? <laughs> Just not even aware that there's chaos going on around us. You're okay, Joe. It's not your fault, buddy. <laughs> we go to the movies or we're around friends and they use God's name in vain. Do we, do we flinch? We might be around church friends who use God's name in vain. Do we, do we flinch? 
are we bothered at all? You go, well, that's a small sin. It, it's one of the Ten Commandments, right? I mean, that sounds like it's a big, big sin. We know that God te- teaches us to flee from sexual immorality, but we dive into relationships that regularly break God's commandment. Save this till marriage. Well, I, I just messed up. It's not that big a deal. Teenagers, sorry guys, regularly ignore, talk back, fight against your parents. The Bible's clear. And not every parent is perfect. I know. I'm one. But when the word says honor your father and your mother, what does that mean? That is as long as 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 how they 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 have a Authority in your life that doesn't cause you to go against God, you honor them. Um, some teenagers and adults are longing for something more, and they find a quick fix in a, in a drink. And a lot of times, those drinks become a lot of drinks. And the Bible's very clear right, that you shall never be drunk. Sin is serious, and we're sleeping through it. So my hope tonight is that we wake up and we all cannot, every one of us, I firmly believe, there's an area of our life that we can wake up. And for some of us, there's more than one area. There's quite a bit that we just need to go, okay, God, I'm ready. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 7. We're going to just sort of, this is what we're going to, there's a lot of text. And uh, I was going to, man, I'm just going to chop a lot of this out. But man, it's, it's the word of God. It's, it's, the, it's the point of why we're meeting. It's the truth. If there's something that's going to change your life, it's not what the, a witty thing that I say. It's sort of the word of God as it speaks to you. But we're not going to read the whole text. We're going to read a lot of it. But I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read just through the first five verses of it, and then we'll sit down and read, read uh, the rest of it. Joshua chapter 7, beginning of verse 1. But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of, 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 of Carmi, son of Zab, Zab, Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things. And the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not have all the people go up. But let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole pe- people toil up there, for there they are few. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, and they fled before the men of, a- of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them at the de- descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as is water. Let's pray, pray together and we'll continue. Dear God, I just ask as we continue through your text, as we talk about your truth tonight, may your truth be clear. Lord, may your spirit be free in this place to move and to touch hearts, to change lives. May we be real even right now about what condition we're in. And God, stir us up to, to long to 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 live out like what we sing in the songs where we say, lead me to the cross. And what does that mean? It means being, being confronted with our sin and walking away from it. God, may we just be, may the songs we sing, may they be real in our lives, the way that we live them. 
We just, I, need, I need your help, and I know everybody needs your help. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all be seated. So it says that they, they go up and, and they're, they're routed. They, they go in this battle, and all of a sudden they're, they're beaten. Now we're going to jump and read through the rest of this text, and then I'm going to explain, explain more. So jump, look at verse 10. Verse 10, verse uh, 12. Now ja, ja, Joshua has gone to the Lord and, and been, he doesn't know what's going on. He knows that they are with God and all of a sudden they have just been beaten in battle. So he goes and he's begging the Lord, Lord, what is going on? Your name will not be made great if, if we go and we lose like this. Well, I want, and he's, his intent is he wants to give God honor and glory, and he's just crushed, and he's bowing before the Lord. In verse 10, it says this, The Lord said to ja, 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 Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my, 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 my covenant. Transgressed means sinned against. Okay, Transgressed, sinned against my, my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own beliefs. Belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their in- enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. And then he says, and, and, and if, if you want to take care of this, this is the way you're going to do it. You're going to call the tribes, the whole tribe in front, and by clan by clan, I will wean down who it is that has done the sin. So that's what he says. This is what we're going to do. Jump in verse 16. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near tribe by tribe. And the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought near the clans of Judah. And the clan of the Zerahites was taken. And he brought near the clan of the Zerahites man by man. And Zabdi was taken. And he brought near his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel. Can we we not, not say that word again? I've got to say a lot more. It's all good. I'm going to say it again anyways. May God give glory to the Lord God of Israel and, and give praise to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful cloak from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I cut coveted them and took them and see they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath in verse 25 it goes on to say this and Joshua said why did you bring trouble on us the Lord brings trouble on you today and all Israel stoned him with stones they burned them with fire and stoned them with stones and they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Achor. 
Wow. Is that a, a, a heavy text at all? A serious text? They go fight a battle. They lose it. He says, Lord, what, we're, we're doing what you said. Why? And he said, because one of you has sinned. They find out which one has sinned. The guy, when he goes, hey, did you do it? He admits it, right? He says, I, I did it. I admit it. I sinned. And they take him and they take his family and they stone them to death and they heap rocks over his body so they will, will not forget about the deed that was done. Um, the point of the text, main point, sin is serious. We act like it's not a big deal, but it's, it's, it's deadly serious in a variety of ways. And the lesson that they learned then was it was, and it's just as important for us today, 3,000 years later from this event as it was for them. In Joshua 1, God calls Joshua to lead the people into the promised land, and the people obeyed. In chapter 2, the spies go into the land there to, to check it out and come back and give a report. And they obey God by saying, hey, this is what God has for us. The, the hearts of those that are there, their hearts are beginning to melt. We need to go take the land. They obey. Chapter 3 and 4, they've got 1.8 million, million people. The Jordan is flooded, say a mile across, 10 feet deep. There's no way to get it. God says, I will make a way. They follow God. God makes it dry. They obey God, chapter 3 and 4. Chapter 5, God says, I want you to renew your covenant with me, and you will do that, that every male will be circumcised. Did y'all go home and ask your mom and dad about that? A few of y'all? Come on now. That's it. Obedience. They did it. Big step of obedience right there. Chapter 6, he says, hey, you're going to take this walled city, but you're going to just march around it for a few days, and on the last day, march around it more, and then yell at it, and the walls are going to fall down. And what did they do? Obeyed. We've seen them obey. Chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Chapter 7, verse 1, it says this, but the people of Israel broke faith. They disobeyed. We've seen them obeying God. God has blessed them. God has blessed them. God has blessed them. And all of a sudden, they break faith. Now, what, what occurs, there, there's a man that God says, hey, whatever is destruction, whatever you take from that city, go, it goes to God. It does not go to you. The plunder doesn't go to you. Chapter 6, he talks all about that. The devoted things, the things that were used to worship their fake gods, the silver and the, 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 uh, the gold, that stuff is not for you to take. That will go to God, because God deserves the praise. One man takes it, hides it in his tent. Look at what it says with, and why he took it in, in, in verse uh, chapter 7, verse 21. And it says, I think we'll have it on the screen. Go ahead and put it on the screen for me. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful cloak from Shinar, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them. Now I want you, the first thing is, the cycle of sin. He saw, he coveted, he took. Any sin that we do, that we commit against God, you are going to see it, you're going to want it, and then you're going to do it or take it. That's the way that sin works. 
every time. To see it, is that a sin? No, no, you've not made it. Desire it, does that come up? If you desire it too much, it is a sin. But if it starts to well up, are you immediately in sin? Or what if you go, no, God, I want it, but I know that's yours. I'm not going to do it. Have I sinned there? No. But when you see it and you desire it and you begin, once you start to let that hang on, that's where it becomes sin, and then you take it. That's the cycle of sin. Eve in the garden, she saw the tree she wasn't supposed to take the fruit of. She wanted the fruit. She took the fruit. Cycle of sin. David, King David, the great king, he was on the, his armies were at war. He was not where he was supposed to be in the first place. He was back at the castle. The castle? Castle and palace. Castle, pa- that's my word. Uh, and he's there and he sees a woman bathing. He sees her. He wants her. He takes her. Cycle of sin. Achan does the same thing. He sees this robe, this great fine robe, this silver, this gold. He sees it. He wants it. He takes it. We, 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 we do this quite a bit just in our own life. You can take any sin you struggle with and go. Um, and a lot of people, can I say, a lot of people, materialism is a sin. Do you understand that? When you see some, something that someone else has, and it's not fair that they have it and I want it, I've just begun to covet. And when I covet and that too much, and then I'm fighting to get it, and I'm going to do everything I can to get to that, it's become sin in my life. Why? That's more important than God. That's, that's the one thing that I, that I want. We see, we covet, we take. We do, the, we do it w- with our words and relationships. This is how, how dra- drama, we, 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 we see a chance to put someone else down, talk bad about them, or lift ourselves up, boast about ourselves. We see it, and then we, we, we want to do that. We go, oh, that'd be good. And then we take it. We do it. We, did you hear what she did? Did you hear what they did? Man, I can't. Drama. We, we, we see, we desire, we take. That's just the cycle of sin. Now we see that. Now also in the sex, we see the consequence of sin. And we, this, is, this is grave, and this is one of the most important points. And I want you to get this because we think little box about our own life. We think that I live in a little box that however I think is how most, it's the most important thing. That's just how pride works and selfishness works, and, and it's sort of all about me. And we think that my life really doesn't make a whole lot of effect on them. I just, I'm just going to do what I want. That's why pe- people, have you heard, heard the term, they bull- bulldoze th- through you? Like they, they, they want to get what, what they want, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run right through you. I don't care what it d- does to you to get to what I want. We, they bulldoze, because why? Because it, it's sort of all about, I'm not going to trip this on. It's, it, it's, all about, it's all about me. So, this, so the first is the cycle of sin. The second is the consequence of sin. Okay, the consequence of sin. First point, sin always affects your faith family. Okay, this is something we never think about. This room right here, if you are an active part of this youth group, this church, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you understand that you are a part. This is a faith family right here. Our church can be seen as you're part of our church. Our church is a faith family. And your sin always affects your faith family. Here in the text, we see the sin of one man. What occurs? 36 Hebrews are killed. They're routed. 
There are um, battles all throughout this book that we're going to read for the next few months. They never lose another battle. I just gave, I, I gave that away. Sorry. It never writes a report where they ever lose another man. This is the only one we see an account where they lose, lose someone. Why? Because out of the 1.8 million, one sin and wrecked the faith family. Um, Joshua chapter 7, verse 12, put, put that verse up. Tristan, it says this. It says, therefore the people of Israel cannot stand before their in- enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted to destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, God says, I'll be with you. In verse 9, he says, hey, I will be with you. In uh, chapter 3, verse 7, God says this, I will be with you. In chapter 6, the verse right before, the very last verse of 6, right going into verse 7, it says this, God says, the Lord was with Joshua. He was with him, he was with him, he was, he was with him. And he said, with this, this one sin, he said this, if you keep this, I'm, I'm not here. Now, now somebody go, dude, that, that's not fair. Is that a God that's, that's loving? And I'll say, yes, it's a God that's, that's loving because how can a holy God bestow blessings on a, on a willfully sinful pe- 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 people? He's not going to do it. There's a quote here by David Platt, the one who I, I, I first heard, heard this. And this is what he said. He said, God will start to show you the fullness of his presence when you start going into your tents and uncovering the sin that is there. I just want you to, to grasp this. Do you understand that your individual sin that only you know about can affect the blessings of God within this whole group? You go, man, that, that's not fair. What do you mean? We're a faith fam- family. We're br- brothers and sisters. Sisters in Christ, that's what we claim to be. We hold hands when we pray. We've got to be a family, right? He goes on to say, you are, uh, uh, let me read again. God will start to show the fullness of his presence when you start going into your tents and uncovering the sin that is there. You're missing out on the fullness of God's presence because you have grown casual with sin. And you don't think it's a big deal. But the reality is you are jip, jip, jeopardizing the entire Blessing of God on the entire people of God because of one sin. God is serious about holiness. Man, just don't, don't miss that. We think, ah, my sin doesn't affect people. Your sin always affects pe- people. What you choose to do in the quiet is going to affect those around you in your faith family. And they don't only affect your faith family, they also affect your physical fam- family. Your sin will affect your physical family. Did you notice every time that Achan is spoke about, it's Achan, the son of So, the son of So, the son of So, the son of So from the tribe of Judah. There's something important about that family line there. It sort of weighs this whole family deal. It does that three times. And in verse 25, we see that Israel stones Achan, and then after they stone the rest 
of the family. That's pretty harsh, right? So if, if you sin, should your family, entire family be killed if, if you sin against me? Is that sort of what that says? Now, there's a teaching here in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 16, and it says this, and it's clear about this, so I want you to hear this. Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children. This is a law. He's saying this is the rules. This is the way it works. Nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own sin. Now, you know what the... This text, if you begin to really look at what this text says, it says that he took all this gold and silver and this robe and he, and he dug it a, a hole in the middle of his tent and he put it in that hole and he hid it. But understand, the family lives in that tent. The family, according to how the text implies, they knew what he was doing. That made them cons- conspirators to the, co-conspirators to the fact. They were in on the gig. Well, the fact that they didn't give them up, does that make them guilt, guilt, guilty? Yeah. They knew what the rules, and it was in the family tent right in the middle of the tent where everybody lives. They don't have big homes. It's not like where you can go lock the door and hide this away. It was, it was well known. Um, this passage to me is impactful. One day you're going to be parents. I mean, one day you're going to be moms and dads, and you're going to be trying to figure out how to, how to raise your kids right and to do this right, and it's the scariest thing you'll ever do. And I want you to know that the choices that you make and, the, and, and, and sins that you may choose to do, how it most greatly will affect your kids, not only just by the way that you walk, because when we walk in sin, I don't know about you, but when I walk in sin, I'm just an ugly person to be around. And it affects the way that I treat you or talk to you, but even as we sin, and, and a lot of parents, they go, oh, we're, we're doing this and this. And, and, parent, and, and, and youth, and they see parents sin and do these things. And when they see a, a, a parent do it, it also becomes okay for that student to do it. So the way that the parent lives the life is going to gravely affect the way that their kid lives their life. Because they've seen them walk in sin, so they're just going to walk in sin too. It, we see it. it it's a... Uh, a study you can see in the world that we live in. That's sort of the way it works. Now, how does this affect you? Okay, how does this specifically affect you right, right now? Um, if you are an older brother or sister, you can easily lead your younger brother or sister down a road that they would never want to go on or be on or God would never want for them because they've seen you walk in sin. And they want to be like you. Sin, your sin is going to affect your physical family. Um, what's hidden in, in, in your tent? Man, we all have that stuff that we, we sort of know is against God's word and God's, God, God's will. At what point do we, do we know there's an emergency going on? At what point are we going to wake up? And do something about it. The good news is this. Um, God's wrath is not poured out on us because, because of our sin. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel of, G, of G, G, Jesus Christ. That, that 
though we have sinned and that taints us, and we all sin, and that separates us from God, and sin brings death. You know, God's wrath can only be the the payment for sin is death. But God made a way through His Son, Jesus Christ, to live a, a perfect life without sin, to die on a cross as a sacrifice for your sin. And understand, the cross did, did, didn't kill Him. It's the weight of mankind's sin that was placed upon Him, that made Him beautiful, became ugly and disgusting because He had to take on our sin to die as a sacrifice for our sin. So the wrath of God would not be poured out on us like it was poured out on this, on this man who was stoned because of his one sin. That's the gospel. The, um, my thir- third point, it d- doesn't come from this text. It comes from the New Testament. It's our, con- our confession of sin. You know, we have sinned it in, in our life. And 1 John 1, 9, verse many of you may know, but man, don't, don't lose what, what it says. It says, if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wait, all unrighteousness. Wait, Pastor, you, you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. All. Everything. He is that awesome. He is that powerful. He's that loving. That guy Cornelius Plantinga had this small quote that said this, recalling and confession, confessing our sin is like Taking out the gar- 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 garbage once is not enough. You know, you, we've got to re- think about our sin and confess it ev- every day. God, forgive me for falling short here. You can't just do it once and God, I, I'm good, I'm good. You're not good. M- Micah 7, 18 and 19, this is what do- God does with with our sin as a believer in Christ, if we confess our sins, this is what it is. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the uh, transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depth of the sea. What does God do with your sin? He doesn't take, and I've got it stored up in this box right here. Hey, I'll, let me let you see what I've done for you. Let me see. He takes it and says that he hurls it into the depth of the sea. Psalm 103, 12, it says this, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. At what point does the east meet the west? No, never does. That's, that's how great our God is. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my, my own sake and remembers your sins no more. God doesn't hold it against you. We hold it against ourselves a lot of times, but God doesn't hold it against you. Can I tell you this? If not for your own sake, can we think outside of ourselves for a second and for the sake of of your, your youth group and for your church. Man, repent of your sins. Confess your sins to God. Be serious about your sins. You know, there's an in, in, interesting study on smoke, smoke al- alarms and kids. They say that um, most kids, 9 out of 10 of them, will not wake up to a smoke alarm. Y'all heard a smoke alarm, right? Beep, 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 beep. 
right? But but more than that, right? Have y'all ever heard heard are are they loud? Yes. Nine out of kids will not wake up after a minute. After two minutes, they might start to put something on top of their head, but they're not getting out of bed. They're not going to move. But the sound of a parent's voice, not yell, yelling, but speaking to them, will rouse them most of the time at the first word. And within six to ten seconds, they will be out of bed. If a parent is saying, hey, Jojo, get up. You sleep like a rock, buddy. Get up. It says that six to ten seconds on hearing a father's or mother's voice, they pop right up. Alarms have been going off in our lives for years, and no one's responding to them. In the church, very few really care about them. And I hope tonight, as you think about the word and the message tonight, that we understand, and I hope that you don't hear anything that I've said, but God, the, fa- the, fa- the Father's voice speaks to you and you respond to him. You go, oh, I do need to repent of that sin. I do need. And you know what repent means? It means that you, you turn away from and you walk away and you, and you don't go back to it. And you go, man, I've tried to do that, but I keep, keep falling. That, means, that just means you, you need help like most everybody else. How do I get help? You talk to someone about it. You seriously talk to someone about it. You lay yourself out in front. Since the Word of God says, confess your sins one to another. Now, we're not going to have you line up and share it with the whole youth group. That would be weird. But there's these personal relationships we're called to have when we can't o- overcome this sin that we find somebody and we go, man, I know God is calling me away from, 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 from this. I don't want to be the thing within our church or within our group or within the body of Christ I live in that stops the blessing of God. But we can. We, it affects everybody around us. We need to wake up and go, oh, this sin is nasty. It's disgusting. I want nothing, nothing to do with it. It kills. It hurts. It maims. Everywhere it goes. Drama, that's what it does. Not living a pure life, that's what it does. That's what all this does. Man, may we not be a, pe- a people who don't hear the voice of God saying, hey, this is serious. Do something about it. I'm going to ask you to bow, 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 bow your heads. Everybody just bow your heads with me tonight as we wrap this up. And... um. I'm just going to ask just to, for me, one, to hold you accountable, but two, to, to be able to pray for you. And I'm only asking for you who are going, you know what, there is a specific sin I know about right now in my life that I need to deal, to deal with tonight. Uh, I need to either lay it down and not walk back to it. I need to talk to somebody about it. I've got adults in the back of the room. I'm here at the front. I need to walk away from this. I want to honor God with my life. Confessing your sin is a daily, weekly thing. But man, we've got to be serious and understand how disgusting it is and how volatile it is to wreck our relationship with God. So if that's you tonight, if you're, you're going, you know, man, there's a specific sin I've got 
I've got to walk, let go of and run away from. That's you. I just want to be able to pray for you. I'm, I'm staring at, at the, uh, the side of the room with a soundboard. If that's you, just look up at me. Meet eyes with me. Okay, I see you. I see you. I see you. Okay, okay. Okay, gotcha. 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 I'm on the, the other side of the room towards the door. Okay, gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Anybody else? Dear God, I just want us to understand the seriousness of sin. We've, I'm on a, a text that's not a popular text at all. Um, but God, I just want in my own life, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a hindrance to uh, your blessings on this youth group. Uh, Lord, help, help uh, me and the leaders just to, may we walk in a way that is right and holy. When we stumble, may we stand tall and look, look to you for help. For every student that looked up, Lord, may they take the sin and lay it down and walk away from it. God, may we hear your voice tonight. May we respond to it. I thank you for this youth group. Uh, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.